Welcome to the Carmen Murray Show, where we have conversations about 21st century business and culture. Together, we'll play in the customer experience sandpit, leaving no stone unturned as we address today's burning marketing issues. CMOs need to be more versatile than ever before as they abandon stale thinking, integrate data insights and technology, create seamless brand experiences, and maintain customer-centric human connections to serve and simplify their customers' lives. From the Solid Gold Studios, here's your host, Carmen Murray. Hey, hey, Future Fit Tribe, this is Carmen Murray and welcome back to yet another show and we have somebody very exciting, a dear friend of mine, Mr. Paul Burney, all the way from the UK and he is also the founder of The Connected Marketer and he has been very much involved with Anthropos who is one of the first con- real connected brands that have been developed in the UK and we are going to learn a lot about that. Um, as we are leapfrogging into this new age and this new world, it just landed on our laps that we have no other choice but to have a connected brand. So without further ado, Mr. Paul Burney, welcome back. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Carmen. Thanks for the invitation to join you on the show. Sadly, I can't be with you in South Africa. That would be lovely, but uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And this is also without your your um, bicycle and all of those kind of things. Um all of those things are off limits. There's no reason for you to come here. <laughs> well, other than the fact that it's a beautiful country full of lovely people. So that's, that would be good reasons to come enough, you know, even though I couldn't come and ride my bike, although I'm a big fan of riding a bike in South Africa. Maybe before we, we get started, um, obviously we launched the Connected Marketer in, in South Africa and we we have found ourselves in that in that ground where, where people – think that they have a connected brand, but they don't. And they're not really ready because they've worked in siloed experiences and, you know, having siloed platforms, siloed experiences. And then after lockdown, everything has changed. However, you guys have seen the opportunity way before um, COVID-19 and start working on that. So let's start, first of all, what is a connected brand? What is it all about? Uh, well, as you know, I kind of started thinking about the the idea of of, of building a connected brand uh, about four five years ago now. Um, for me, what I was seeing was um, lots of brands working in silos, but not really understanding that there had been a kind of merger of our physical and digital selves. And and so the the idea of the connected market is, is basically around four, four key principles, which is first of all understand the individual that you're dealing with, then find ways to connect, engage, influence, enable them through both physical and digital channels, then work on reducing the friction in every one of those channels, and then find ways to be of service to them. And and although those kind of sound like marketing truisms, you kind of go, well, that is basically marketing. What I saw across many brands was a kind of disconnect with this, you know, right down to the fact that brands have a different department for, you know, someone responsible for the website, someone responsible for email communication, someone responsible for the in-person, you know, in-store experience or those kind of things. And actually, all of those should be married together because as a consumer of any brand, I don't make a conscious decision to say, today is the day I'm only going to deal with the brand digitally. I'm only going to connect to my, my bank today by visiting it in person. All of the brand experiences that we have are kind of wrapped up into one for us. And so the idea behind the Connected Marketer was basically to say, how can we build a, a better, more cohesive approach 
to building a brand in the age of, of kind of connected consumers, because ultimately we have all become connected all of the time. And so that you, you needed to approach it in a different way. 100%. And I, I so agree with that whole thing about the siloed department, siloed experiences. Um, you always talk about one touch point across multiple touch points. So, um, you know, it's one brand experience. And I think that this has probably been one of the biggest challenges, especially for legacy companies, companies that have been building their business on old fashioned business models. And then COVID-19 happens and we all realize oh my gosh, we don't even have time to play catch up. We have to like just get things done. And I think also this rushed experience is also causing a lot of bumps in the road. Yeah, I think so. But but I think, you know, that, you know obviously there's a short-term immediate reaction to people saying, how are we now going to deliver in an, in an almost exclusively digital way because people aren't going to be able to connect with us in, in physically in person. Clearly that causes challenges in, in the very short term, particularly if you're, you know, if you're a store or, you know, if you've, if you've got a, you know, a, a largely physical experience. But I think the enormous positive for many marketers to take out, out of what has happened because of COVID-19 is that in many markets, we have jumped ahead 10 years in uh, the potential of brand experiences because people have been forced to go through the learning experience of connecting with each other and with brands and with organizations through digital channels only. So if you like, one of the big hurdles of selling to people, connecting and engaging with people through digital was that you needed to get them over the hump of the learning and they, people needed to, to, to do that. And, and there was a general unwillingness of saying, look, you know, I, I don't want to learn this new way of, of connecting and experiencing things. But now, of course, we've all had to go through a hump of learning of, I don't know, you know, using Skype or Teams or anything else just to connect with family members. And you know, older, you know, even older consumers and younger consumers, no matter what age group you are, everyone is finding, well, how am I going to connect with my own family and, and, and stay in touch on a digital level? And because we've now been through that experience, I think that opens up completely new opportunities for brands because now people have been over the hump of learning some, something new. There's an opportunity for us to say, well, what does that mean for us? If they will now choose to connect with our, our brand, through a digital channel or our organization through a digital channel, how could we now use that as part of our total brand experience? And it speaks back exactly to what you just said in the beginning about you have to identify the need and remove the friction. So um, the friction is I want to be in touch with my family. I want to make sure that they're okay. There's a need. So through that need, it's almost like subliminal learning, like I'm learning the technology but my end goal is actually to be in contact with my friends and family. We we did this um, uh, 21 lessons with Henley Africa um, with the business school. And the whole idea was to teach people from faculty across the globe, but to actually teach them how to use the technology because this is the new way forward, um, providing them with education, how to get through lockdown and to save their businesses. And this is exactly what um, what I think that um, you guys have been doing at Anthropos, and we're going to start talking about that because that has a lot to do about families and connected families and, and keeping people um, connected and knowing that their loved ones are okay. So let's first unpack this whole thing about the Internet of Things because I think it's become a buzzword that everybody throws in every sentence, but 
they don't really understand what it means. So let's just first talk about the Internet of Things and how that enables um, connectivity or connected brands. Sure. Um, and, and I'll tell you what I think that we're you know, having lots of conversations with people over the last two years since I started working in, in this particular space, which is in health and social care, by the way, is that the, the number one confusion people have is, is this is the Internet of Things is not about the things. It's not about the devices. It's about connectivity. And I don't mean the you know digital connectivity. I don't, I don't mean the wires or the wireless part of it. I mean, it's about using devices and connecting them to the internet and the data that comes from that and being able to use the data. That is much more important. And I think that people have a kind of an obsession and a focus on the devices themselves. So in the markets that I work in, there's an obsession with, you know, like wearables, you know, how, what's our strategy for, for wearables? How are we connecting and using those? And, and actually, the right answer for us is to make people think about and focus on, well, forget about the devices themselves. What are the care outcomes that you're interested in? And so the switch here is to, is to make people think about outcomes first and then IoT and AI, because we use a combination of both as enablers of that, but they disappear into the background. So you'll know that my attraction of, of having joined Anthropos was I, I basically met the company a couple of years ago. They have an amazing technology, perhaps the best technology that I've ever seen in, in the years of working with literally hundreds of brands all over the world. But they wanted to tell a story about the tech and actually the markets that, that this is relevant to, healthcare and social care. The technology is not the interesting part. It's how it enables care outcomes that's the interesting part. And so... For me as a marketer, the, uh, the idea of, of joining a brand or creating a brand almost from scratch that talked about the principle, I was able to put in place the principles of, of the connected marketer and actually build one from scratch myself rather than advising was enormously attractive. I mean, I recall, so Paul gave me a call um, and said to me, Calms, I think I'm about to be able to build a connected brand all the way from scratch and I'm so excited and I'm looking back and I'm seeing we are even seeing the press I've seen people like Cindy Gallup, Faith Popcorn a lot of people are paying attention to what you guys are doing there and I want to almost take it back a step and, and go back to the roots of what is Anthropos why did you guys start it and what was the problem well, you know, so the problems are the, are the same for, for most countries in the world. We have aging populations. So there are more and more older people living in, in, uh, in our countries. Those people are living with um, uh, chronic health conditions or long-term health conditions for, for longer. And, you know, there are challenges in caring for that elderly population and, and frail population. And so what Anthropos does is, is that we put devices and sensors into the homes of older people. Those collect data, which we analyze, and, and it gives us a, an understanding of the pattern of behavior of that person in their home. And we then use artificial intelligence to look for changes in that pattern of behavior. And that manifests itself in two forms. We send uh, alerts that say something has happened, you need to act upon it immediately, and that may be Perhaps um, we think the older person has fallen in their home or perhaps someone with uh, dementia has, has opened their door in the middle of the night and wandered and left, and left the home. So those need to be acted upon immediately. But there are very, actually very few of those. The more interesting stuff, I think, is that we use the combination of in 
IoT devices and AI to look for longer term subtle changes in people's behavior that you could not see if you weren't monitoring them 24 seven. And we look for changes in things like sleeping patterns, bathroom usage, movement in the house, hydration, nutrition, um, time, uh, time spent in bed, time spent sitting in a favorite chair, because all of those are indicators of how somebody, the habits that people have. And when those habits start to change, they are very good indicators that something else could go wrong and something else is going wrong. Yeah, so the platform Carmen looks for meaningful changes in people's patterns of behavior because we're all creatures of habit and we're all individually different. So the platform learns per individual what is their normal behavior and if, and then if people stray from that normal behavior, is it meaningful and do we need to react to that change? And that change can be a change in the way in which we either plan the care of that person or the way in which we actually deliver the care of that person. So ultimately, what Anthropos is about is, can we use passive and discrete technology in the background in people's homes to monitor them in a way that allows us to see changes and then take preemptive action so that we, we take action before something goes wrong? Ultimately, the goal is, can we enable older people to stay in their homes for longer independently? And, and that's basically what the goal is. What I love about this is the fact that the elderly people don't have to do a thing. They just live their lives and their behavior. It's it, it, The technology doesn't have any impact on them. The one thing I am going to ask you is what is the concerns about the privacy um, of, of, of an elderly person knowing that they're constantly being monitored? Sure. And you can imagine it's one of the first questions we get asked by everybody. So the first thing we do to, with everybody is reassure them. Are the both the, the older people and their families, they are not being watched. There are no cameras involved. There are no microphones involved. They are not being listened to. The devices act as in a simple way, in exactly the same way as a smoke alarm would or a burger alarm would in your in your house. If you look around the room that you're in now, almost certainly there is some sort of infrared device that detects whether there is movement in your in your home or not. And so the devices operate in a similar way to that. So they detect movement or they detect a door being opened or detect somebody being in the bed, but they don't have any intelligence beyond that. The clever part about what Anthropos does has got very little to do with the actual devices themselves or even where we send the data. It's the layer in the middle that turns data into something intelligent that can be used by carers. Exactly. I mean, like, I think it's a phenomenal, um, it's it's just phenomenal. And guys, um, we'll have some links below in the show notes in order for you guys to actually go and read up a little bit more about it. But I really want to get into the nitty gritty of things. So first of all, there's the element of data obesity, you collecting a lot of data that needs to be um, analyzed. And you would obviously need to tap into machine learning in order to to understand what is the meaningful patterns that you are identifying in order to inform, you know, the notifications that needs to go out, but also improvements to the product. The, the one thing that I just want to tap into is, fine, you do the analysis, you get the insights, but what is the behavioral economics behind it? Because surely you need to work with a doctor or with specialists that know that these certain triggers or these things that are currently happening medically indicate X, Y, and Z. So can you maybe just talk us through that? 
Yeah, and and actually, you've picked up on a really good point here. From the start, I have built Anthropos to be a B2B brand. In fact, actually, really, Anthropos is a B2B2B2C brand. So we work through the whole of the chain. We are a technology company. We provide data that you can trust to be actionable and accurate and true. But we don't make clinical decisions or or care decisions. So the data that we provide goes to care companies and to clinical professionals. They make the decisions. But what we do is we say to them, we can tell you for certain a thing is changing, but we make no judgment about what that change means. It has to be looked at by a care professional who will say, ah, I can see that this is a meaningful change. And I'll give you an example to kind of make that uh, real. If you suffer from diabetes, for example, um, you are used to, on a daily basis, taking your own blood glucose levels. And, and so, you know, you'll, you'll know that, that that's a thing to do. But actually, there are other key indicators around diabetics and the, and the management of, of their diabetes that are really important. Things like frequency of bathroom visits, um, weight, uh, blood pressure, uh, hydration, nutrition. So, you know, we, we kind of measure things like use of a kettle or a microwave or a fridge. All of those things combined give a care professional a window on the life of the of the diabetes sufferer that they would never have otherwise have. All they normally get is, is individual kind of static data points, whereas what we're giving them is real-time constant data that, that shows them what's happening when you're not there or when your family member's not there. And that's the really critical bit is because you, you want to be able to see changes in patterns over over a long period of time and and taking something as a as a single static measurement once a day is of value but of less value than being able to say not only do we do we know what the blood glucose levels are we actually know when you last ate and when you last drank and how frequently you're going to the toilet and what your body weight measurement is and has been over over the past week or so and we know um uh you know your frequency of movement around the house all of those things can be combined because what we're looking for is is what are the indicators that there's a change in someone's pattern of behavior and that that, that change is meaningful towards the condition that they're trying to manage. Cool. So it's, it's not so although you are the tech enabler, it's not like you are making medical decisions. You are working aligned with with the right. We're absolutely not. We're, we're not. We're not in any position to make to make care, care decisions. But we work very closely with both clinical and care professionals for them to direct us. So they will say, these are the indicators I'm listening, I'm, I'm interested in. If you can tell me X, Y, and Z, then that will help me in the writing and provision of, of, of care. And this is the way in which I want to receive that data. So we're very cognizant of giving uh, the care professionals the data in the, in the way in which they want it. So if you think back to my uh, original starting point of saying uh, what are the principles around building a connected brand so we very much understand how the individual is is behaving in their home we are very well in connected and in, and engaged with them and the the way in which we focus on reducing friction is not necessarily for the individual in their home but for the people who care for that person in their home because the friction that they need is you're right they don't need to see thousands or, or hundreds of thousands of data points. What they need are, show me the key insights that I am most concerned about that will help me care for this person. 
100%. And I mean, um, you know my story and, and uh, your parents is also at an age where, you know, you have to keep an eye on them. And my mom had stroke. My dad is um, in the early stages of dementia and really digressing. And they're three hours away from here. And um, having a parent that is so far away from you and not being able to know what's really, really happening. You know, are they getting out of bed? Are they taking walks and all of those things? It really is, a, it, it, it consumes you. You can't stop thinking about it. Of course. And, and now on top of that, in COVID-19, you're even more concerned. You have an even higher level of anxiety because one of the things that you're now anxious about is, are they staying home? Yes. Are they actually, are they actually staying in, in, in their home? You know, can, can I uh, monitor whether they are eating and drinking properly when there are fewer people around to support them? Are they, are they sleeping properly? All those things. So, you know, I, as you know, I'm, I'm exactly the same position. I, I live 300 kilometers away from my, from my parents, and I'm the nearest of their four children. The reason why I understood and immediately got the value of Anthropos when I first met the CEO two years ago is because – that's the position I'm in. I am one of the anxious children of elderly parents. Mine have a, one has a heart condition, the other has had cancer. And I am constantly thinking about them every day. And if we can just take away that anxiety, we can give people a level of reassurance that their loved one is okay. Isn't that massively of value? Isn't that being of service? And that's the that's the brand I'm trying to create, the company I'm trying I'm trying to help create. And it solves it solves a real need. And um, I I do believe that the medical doctors must be so relieved working with you guys on on this project because I'm also seeing a lot of job opportunities probably um, around this this whole um, Anthropos um, scenario because. You would have a hospital if there's really an emergency that triggers, then you can send the ambulance. But if it's just an, a thing to check up and you may be three hours away, would a nurse be dispatched? So what we we see that the Anthropos can be used throughout the whole of the, the care journey, if you like. So in, in the UK, care is managed uh, uh, in in sometimes in silos, but it basically manages primary care, which is your GP and your community nurses. Secondary care, where you go into a hospital and deal with acute conditions. Intermediate care, when you've been sent home from, from a hospital. And then it switches to longer-term care, which can be either residential or domiciliary, where somebody comes to your home to look after you. And Anthropos has a role to play in providing data and insight to every one of those different steps in that journey. So one of the big drivers that we have is, particularly around COVID-19, is can we prevent people going into hospital in the first place by monitoring them and seeing, you know, and, and spotting things that could go wrong beforehand? Because actually the last place that I want my 83-year-old dad to be right now is in hospital for something to do with his cancer condition when he's surrounded by people with COVID-19. Or my mom going in with her heart condition surrounded by people with COVID-19. Because as you know, you probably, heard, you know, we, we've all heard doctors talking about the whole idea of of avoiding viral load where you're where you're in even more contact with it and for the vulnerable and the elderly and the frail that danger is very high and so if we can spot something going wrong and keep people out of hospital for conditions that aren't covid-19 but would be a comorbidity that would make that make that that suffering of of coronavirus even worse that's a great starting point 
we're also having uh, hospitals discharge people faster because they can send them home into a mon- into a monitored environment. So they can literally just say, we want Mrs. Smith to go home tomorrow and we can put the platform in place in, in their home and the doctors can know that if we'll keep an eye on, on a set of key conditions for them and we'll stop readmission back into hospital. I almost see that this, although this is for the elderly, I do see this also being of value. Um, Faith Popcorn um, predicted, so you, as you know, Faith Popcorn is the Nostradamus of marketing and of the future. But um, she predicts that we're going to have three more pandemics in the next 10 years. And with her 95% accuracy, I, I, I would rather prepare for that. And I do believe that with that being said, is that there's going to be a lot of frail people. Um, I'm thinking of people with disabilities. I'm thinking of people, they might not be old, but they might have disabilities. And I see this product also being helpful in that regard. Um, is it only targeted to the elderly or, or, or how, how, how do you position it? Well, right now, Carmen, we're a two-year-old startup. So, yeah, we have, we, you know, one of the lessons that you know from, from the startup world is that, that you must focus. Mm. And so whilst it would be attractive for us to reach out into other markets, other geographies, uh, and, you know, kind of adjacent markets that, that might be of interest to us in terms of what our platform can do, our focus is very much on, sol- on helping, because you can't solve it on your own, but helping solve the problem of how do you support older people to live in their own homes for longer? And that is a challenge that almost every developed country in the world has. And so right now, it makes much more sense to figure with that. Yeah, and we've, we've spoken to people who run residential care for adults with learning disabilities, for, for example. And, and, and clearly, there's a, there's a role for that. And, and you know, uh, but we wouldn't, want, we wouldn't want to spread ourselves so thinly that we couldn't manage to do that, you know, that, that, that kind of that number one goal is, which is really aimed at, at supporting the, the elderly and frail. Yeah. So I, I'm just in my own experience, and I'm sure you would agree, but elderly people do become like naughty children. Um, very curious and um, <laughs> want to know what's up and what's going on. Um, and, and I'm just being blatantly honest. Like if you think about a car tracker, when you put a car tracker in your vehicle, um, they don't tell you where they put it um, so that nobody can, you know, play around or, 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 you know, interfere with the system. So we hide the hub that collects all the data from the devices in the home. You hide it in cupboards, you hide it under beds or wherever. But you, whatever you do, you don't leave it out. You know, we learned a ton through putting this in place in the first place. You know, if you're a tech company, you think like a tech company. And actually what you have to do eventually is you have to co-design your product with the older people, their families, the carers, the care companies. And we've ended up with a different set of devices and a different set of scenarios than we originally started with, you know. So originally, I, you know, if you think about um, like a, a burglar alarm in your home or a smoke alarm that has a, like a red flashing light on it, if you if you move, we had to remove all we had to We had to turn off all the lights because older people don't like things flashing at them. So, you, you, I mean, literally, it's as, it's, as simple, it's as simple as that. So we've learned huge amounts through co-creation of our product. And that co-creation kind of sits at the heart of us saying, how can we be of service here? Actually, the way to be of service for us and to understand the individual we're working with is, is for them saying, will you design 
or help us design, how should it work for you, particularly for family members? Because largely speaking, this is going to be you and I, Carmen, paying paying for the fee for using a service like Anthropos for our parents. And so actually, we need it to work in the way in which the people who are probably going to pay for the system want it to work too. So for our, you know, for the care company, it's a dashboard and they look at the dashboard and they have tons of information available to them. For the families, it's just an app. They click onto an app. It's as, it's as easy for me to check in on how my mum or dad is doing uh, using my app as it is to check in on Facebook in the morning. I have 30 seconds. I can open my, I can open the app on my phone and go, okay, dad had eight hours sleep. He's up. He's had breakfast. He's sitting in his favorite chair. I can move on with my day. What we discovered through the whole process of putting this in place was actually lots of technology is aimed at, we'll tell you when something's gone wrong with your mom and there'll be an emergency service and we'll call and the rest of it. 90% of the time, there's nothing wrong. But we wake up with the anxiety of thinking, is there? In 30 seconds, we can take that away and say, everything's okay. You can move on with your day. If something goes wrong, we'll tell you. And if something is changing, we'll tell you about that too. And those three things are actually ultimately what's the heart of what does Antipos deliver. We'll tell you mum's okay. We'll tell you if something's gone wrong. We'll tell you if things are changing. So I'm, not, I'm going to obviously bring the elephants in the room because we, we understand how technology works. Um, technology is great when it works, but when it fails you, <laughs> you've got a problem. And um, I think with this massive migration to technology like Zoom, um, is, a, is a great example. Immediately when this COVID-19 lockdown happened, um, Netflix, there was, a, there was even times where Netflix, the fiber couldn't handle um, the amount of people going online. All of these, hap- these things happened and things crash. And that's a reality. And there's a big reliance on, on your technology because it saves lives. Um, it impacts lives and there's, there's, there's that burden. So how do, you, how do you handle that? How do you overcome the challenges that tech, tech can bring? It, it, it's, a, it's a good question. And so um, uh, the, the first thing to know is that, that we built our platform from scratch to be able to work with what we would call unobserved systems. So if you put broadband into your home or fiber into your home, you, you, there's a box that sits somewhere near your TV and you see it and you know whether it's working or not. And, and if, you, if it doesn't work, you probably sit and do the same thing as all of us, turn it on and off again. But actually, in our case, we're putting thousands of devices that will work remotely into hundreds or thousands of homes. And so you have to build it in from the start. So fundamental to the way the platform works is inbuilt instrumentation. We can tell you every single individual device that's installed across the UK, is it on? Is it working? Is it delivering the data it should be delivering? What is the status of the battery of it? Because most of them are battery operated so that they don't involve changing wiring or anything else in the house. So we're built right from the start to understand uh, how every device is operating. Is it connected to the internet? Has the broadband gone down? If the broadband goes down, the system does a backup of everything that's still being collected. So we don't lose any of the data. So we we built from the start expecting that there would be problems and challenges. And actually, we've spent a huge amount of money on, on building a platform like that in order that we would be able to scale properly in, in the future and deal with the challenges and issues that come with with with, multi, with ultimately what we hope is managing hundreds of thousands of devices. So one thing I'm very interested to to understand is you've been working on this this product for two years. 
Now, COVID-19 has been in your benefit in some shape or form, but I'm sure that some challenges arise because of COVID-19, because installations and um, going out. I mean, like, how, how, how did COVID-19 and the lockdown affect you guys? And what did you do to invent yourself out of the box? So when COVID-19 hit originally, the number one challenge we had is that our product is installed in homes by trained engineers. And so if you can't get the engineer in, you can't sell the product and you can't even maintain the product that you needed to that's already been installed in people's homes. So we set the challenge to our engineering team and said, you're going to have to change this thing to be self-installed so that the family can put it in for themselves or, or even the older person can install it themselves. And they went from an engineer-only product to a self-installed product in six weeks. That is the, that's the power of kind of, of, of agile development and of, of agile thinking. And they, they basically, the engineering team here works in two week sprints. So they kind of sat down and said, okay, how do we remove the difficulties of, of challenges of, of, of doing everything? You know, we work for two years with an engineer putting stuff in. How do you get to a point whereby you can do what the engineer has to do remotely? So now the, the product can be shipped in a box that comes with um, uh, an installation uh, tool, which is an, on an online tool. And the tool itself guides you through the install and then tests everything in there and tells you everything's working and then we'll connect it to the care company for you. So we've had to build all of that part. Fundamentally, the product still does what it, it does, but we've had to build in all of the installation, testing and connection tool into one place that is easily used by anybody with no technical training whatsoever. Um, actually, uh, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, the ultimate system test place test is taking place. My 83-year-old dad is installing Anthropos in his home. And, uh, you know, uh, and this is, we've had somebody else do it and somebody else in the, in the team has done the same thing. But we kind of figured, look, if, we, if we're going to live by what we say we're going to do, we're going to have to send, send it to our parents and get them to install it in their own homes. You know, my dad, doesn't clearly is not a big user of smartphones he has a phone he's one of those guys who turns it on when he wants to make an outbound call and then turns it off afterwards we're testing it to the extent of uh, he has no instructions from me whatsoever i'm not helping him i'm just sending him the, the box with the product in and, and you know kind of as a smaller side you know one of the other challenges that we had is that in order to help people uh, do, do self-install, we needed to be able to create marketing materials, including video, you know, how to and explainer videos and all the rest of those kind of things, but without being able to leave my home. And so, um, you know, this is going to be a challenge that loads of marketers who listen to your show are going to have is, well, okay, great, but I don't have my agency anymore to help me do this stuff. Um, I enlisted the help of my 20-year-old son who is, who is uh, studying uh, physics at university and said to him, you need to figure out for me how you're going to make and install a video. And you've got two weeks to do it. And he went away and learned how to use video recording technique. We recorded the entire thing on um, on an iPhone. He cut the whole thing together on on uh, on his uh, laptop at home. I'll give you I'll give you a link so that your audience can can click into it, and you'll see. We made like a homemade homemade video. Okay, clearly it's not highest production value in the world, but it's the kind of thing that a marketer has to do in challenging circumstances. You have to say you, you can't say. I, I can't do it. You've got to figure out, well, how could I do it? What are the means that the tools that are available to me? Is there some way I could get help remotely? Is there some way in which um, I can use my own resources and my own abilities at home to help do this stuff? And yeah, we'll replace it with, with one made by our, our agency eventually. But right now, 
you know, I needed to get over the hump. I needed to be able to launch marketing materials that go in, that coincide with the production of a product that was ready in six weeks. And so I, as the marketer, I had six weeks to do the everything else while the engineering team created a product. I love what you're saying. And, and um, um, I've been referring to this whole thing as like COVID-19 on teaching. I, I, I love it. COVID-19 is bringing out in us because it's teaching us to be more empathetic as consumers and to be understanding of, of brands as they're trying to figure things out as they go from sport. Um, I mean, you're an avid sports supporter, um, you know, and, and how you shop and how you buy, because if I'm just thinking of, of the simple thing like online shopping that we do um, as millennials, I like to consider myself as millennial, but um, but the older generation now also needs to learn, um, you know, order your food. If you feel like having um, uh, McDonald's, you're gonna you can't drive out now to go and get it. Order your your food online, um, whatever you need in your house. So there's a lot of behavioral changes that's happening. And one thing that I must tell you that I'm learning is that you, the days of having a slough factory is over. You, you have to play in the agility economy. It's just the only way that you can do it. You have to think of the problem and go for it. Um, I think that's why I love startups is because um, it's that frugal innovation. It's like you don't need a production house and spend a million um, dollars on a specific production. You can actually do things from your mobile phone, edit it yourself, save yourself lots of money, and then improve from there and go as you go. The other thing is you have to become a Houdini master. You have to learn like an escape art is how to invent yourself out of these um, challenges that you find um, coming at you. Um, you call it um, the Alvin Toffler future shock. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's the future is really coming towards us like at the pace of nothing, eh? I think, you know, some some very good advice I got earlier early in my career, um, which kind of changed the direction of something I was doing was, was, you know, my boss at the time said to me, look, don't let perfect ruin good. And, you know, in a perfect world, of course, I would have had an outside agency go and make a, you know, a how-to video for me and, and, and all the rest of it. I didn't have that available to me. What I've got is good enough that will help me through the next month, two months, while we're still in lockdown in the UK. Although, who knows whether we are in lockdown in the UK. Depending upon who you are, you have the ability to go and do anything you want, it seems. But, you know, you've got to, you've got to find a way of – you can't just sit back and say, I can't do it. And nor can you say, I don't want to do this because it won't be perfect for my brand. Consumers will understand, I think. You know, I think the people who are going to be putting installing our, our platform in the next two months will get it. When we say to them, look, we've, you know, we've created a version of this and we've created marketing materials from, from, from scratch that are, you know, they're, they're not perfect, but they're good enough to help you get through, through the, the, the kind of the challenge you have right now. Because actually, ultimately, what do you want? You want to be able to uh, care for and and look out for your mum when she's isolated, living on her own. And so, you know, the fact that this is not a video of high production, or that the uh, the you know insert materials that go in the box, or even the box design, all these things I've had to do remotely from from home, working with uh, with one single designer who's kind of who's kind of helped me translate my um, back of an envelope stuff into actual work. Those are the kinds of things you have to do as a marketer now. You have to, as you say, you have to be agile. You know, if, if the rest of business is moving towards agile, marketing can't be an exception to that. Yeah, and marketing is the lifeblood of the, of the business. And, you know, speaking of that marketers, um, during this time, I think we've all been challenged um, <laughs> with our marketing strategies and, and how do we actually communicate 
during this time. Um, we're seeing a lot of funeral companies, for example, that is just saying, you know, we've got you covered. That's a thing in, in, that, that is particular to parts of Africa that, that, that you know, we, we don't have the same kind, kind of thing here. But, you, but there are definitely health companies here and, uh, and you know, that are, that are moving into messaging that is very COVID-19 focused about, you know, who's going to look after your mom and, you know, what's, what, you know, how you, are you covered for health, you know, exact, all those kind of things. I think probably every company scrambled to have some sort of response to, to coronavirus and, and, and to COVID-19, you know, and we're no different in that, except for the fact that, you know, we work in a space that is all about remote monitoring of older people who are isolated on their own. Wow. You know, you could, you almost couldn't be in a better position to help others than we are right now. And I know from having spoken to family members who, who have our system in place, that that ability to to reduce their anxiety is huge. Mm. Because you you have to do that because it's almost like David Ogilvy said something, I can't remember the exact words, but he, he said something very profound when he said, when you're selling a fire extinguisher, you sell fire. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing about um, the drill, you sell the hole in the wall. Yeah, that's the Theodore Levitt thing, which is, yeah, you don't, you, no one wants to buy an, a 5 eighths drill, they want to buy the hole in the wall. And in our case, no one wants to buy an IoT platform connected to a, AI that will help you identify changes in behavior. What they want is, is my mum okay? Correct. Start there. Can I stop Mrs. Smith going to hospital? Can I let Mrs. Smith leave hospital now? Can I keep my mum at home uh, living independently for longer? Those are the kinds of you know questions that people want, you know, and we have to respond to those. Yeah, and and just further to your point, I think also people are so tired of COVID nineteen, and um, it's like this repetitive message. The only time when you put the TV on is the only thing that you hear. It's everything that you hear in advertising. And if you really want to stand out as a brand, you need to stop blending in. And it's almost I've, I really believe that some brands get blindsided um, by their competitors. Oh, they do they they're doing this, so therefore I must do this and it's all about thinking of the end user and the outcomes and how do they feel when you keep on saying COVID-19 to them and, and spit it out to them and, and refers back to refers back to that fourth point I said right at the start about you know the key principles of being a connected marketer be of service yes being of service right now is more important than almost anything else that you're doing find a way in which you can help either reduce people's level of anxiety or provide them with support when that when they are isolated and family members are isolated so you know there are tons of companies that are, that have done some really smart things that'll say you know you know for the duration of the lockdown we will do x or y to enable you to to connect with your family you know i the um the mobile phone network here in the in the UK ee um they have made uh they uh, they have made an offer to everyone who works for the NHS or in a care profession, that they can have data for free for the entire lockdown. I mean, that's a, you know, that is both a marketing strategy. Yes, of course, but it's, you know, a massive customer acquisition. But imagine just being able to know that you could, that, that you would have to worry about your phone bill. Amongst everything else in your life, I no longer have to worry about my phone bill and it won't cost me to stay in touch with my family. What a great thing to have done. What a smart thing to have done. Both meeting the needs of, of the consumer, but also, you know, acting in the good long-term interests of the brand. 100%. I mean, there's a few um, examples, um, Not maybe some of them are local, some of them are international, some, some might be a little bit weird, but I'm going to share just how important it is to invent yourself out of the box. Volkswagen has taken their factory 
and they're turning it into a hospital um, here locally um, to get it ready for hospital beds and, and getting it ready for, for us because we're going into winter. Um, we have seen people teaching um, the community, um, the, the people that are poor, um, how to make masks and how to make them with three layers and to make them correctly and training them for six days and getting them to go and sell this in the local in their local communities and get that get that out. There's so many amazing things that that's happening through um, collaboration. Henley Business School's done done something awesome through the learnings of um, all of the virtual lessons that they've done going virtual literally in 12 days, um, all the classes, the MBAs, everything. They are sharing all of their learnings with all of the educational um, institutions across Africa. Um, and they're calling it Build 2020, all of the IP um, open source so that they can also, that it can build Africa um, towards the future. Um, something that, that came up um, is hair salons and nail salons because they can't have touch is renting out their space for, for moms that have young children that, that have their children interrupting their day the whole time to have a space to work in at a cheap rate um, and turning that into a hygienic little office um, um, space for them. I love that idea. You know, that, that, I mean, that's, you know, that is kind of, but you know, it's both lateral thinking, but it is thinking, well, how, you know, not only how do we keep our business going, but how can we serve and be of service to the community in a ch challenging and difficult time? Because and when lockdown ends and when we're no longer worried about, about coronavirus, we're going to remember the brands that try to make money out of us or the, and the ones, the ones who find a way to be of service and, and we'll vote with our feet. Oh, yes. What I also just wanted to end off with um, is, you know, during this time, especially for old people, I think one of the things that worries me the, the most is companionship and having somebody to talk to. Um, you know, it's one thing to, you know, medically to make sure that people are okay. But do you think in the future that there is a possibility, maybe through a chatbot or something like that, to simulate conversations or... Do you think that there's an opportunity to 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 fill that void of communication and companionship? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, there are lots of there are lots of um, companies involved in our markets um, who are focusing and emphasising on in a kind of giving older people tablet devices that are simple to use so that they can do video calls with people, and I think there's some value in that. And social isolation is clearly one of the big challenges and blights of the lives of of uh, of older people uh, for us per, you know for me personally and corporately it isn't the space that we're going to focus on <clears throat> because i think there are others that can do that so much better the people that have been you know prominent in in kind of video connection with others um i think we can play an enabling role in that one of those things is is to help identify when people are socially isolated one of the challenges that all of us will have, if, if you have parents living in, a, in another place, and so if you think about your own experience with them, your parents are not, um, they're unreliable witnesses at the scene. <laughs> they don't tell you the truth. You ring them and you say, are you eating? Are you drinking? You know, do you see the doctor? They don't tell you the truth, partly because, you know, they don't, they don't want to share something that they may think is personal, but also because many older people just don't want to be a burden on themselves. So, we know that, you know, we have some very good examples from the way in which our platform works that we've been able to identify for the carers and for the families. Actually, mom is nowhere near as active as she tells you she is. 
we know the front door hasn't opened in six days and she so she hasn't been anywhere and no one's been to see her and so can we help um uh you know uh, identify those instances because actually what domiciliary care companies do which you know amongst our customers what they do brilliantly is they provide companionship for older people but you have to know that that person needs that companionship in the first place to know whether there's a, a role for someone to play so you know our, our role is is for isolation is this a small enabler but i think the companionship still needs to come from people in person and so you know that's that's a, a that's a different challenge for a different set of companies but i think you know domiciliary care companies like the one that we work with which is called home instead um you know that's what they do brilliantly well i love that yeah because i i think for me i think it goes hand in hand with depression and um you know when you have parents that are ill they they are definitely um i mean look at how i i i have to be truthful um and authentic but lockdown has had a great impact on me because i pull my energy from people and now I don't have contact with people. Um, I'm not saying I'm depressed, but I can definitely feel that it had a severe um, impact on me. And then I'm thinking of my parents that are constantly on their own. The technology is not going to replace human to human contact. And as you know, the very first thing you asked me about, you know, what is a connected marketer? The connected marketer builds a brand that recognizes that the connection points are physical, digital, sensorial, and emotional. You have to work with all four all together. You can't just say, we're going to be a digital only brand and we'll forget about everything else because actually people still need physical connection. They need emotional connection. They are sensorial. So you have to combine all of them together. I totally agree with you. Well, Paul, it was so lovely touching base with you um, from, from um, one connected marketer to another. <laughs> I um, really enjoyed this interview. It was very insightful. And and marketers, my my message to you is, is really um, listen to this interview a few times and and really take what you can um, and and understand the importance of building a connected brand in the time and era that we live in. And if you have any questions that you want to pose to Paul or myself, you are more than welcome just to um, reach out. But thank you so much for this incredible interview and hope to see you soon, not just virtually. Well, that would be great. I would love to come back and hopefully uh, maybe you'll be there to help us when we launch Anthropos in South Africa. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to The Carmen Murray Show, another solid gold podcast. Please take a moment to rate and share this episode with friends and colleagues who love customer experience and marketing just as much as you do. To connect with Carmen, visit CarmenMurray.com where you will find links to her business services, future fit events, and biz community articles. Carmen Murray is CEO of Uya Modern Marketing Services that empower businesses to deliver premium customer experiences, B2B, B2C, and B2B2C across all industries. Some of these services include research, CX strategy, persona development and customer journey mapping, CX audits, UX audits, and the connected marketer training in connected customer experiences, mobile, data management, and AI. You've been listening to another episode from the Solid Gold Podcast Studios.